Welcome to the Words of Witness podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Derek Thomas, and I pray that the podcast today blesses you and inspires you to live a life that's worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we serve. Enjoy today's podcast. God bless. need you closer to me. I'm going to need you closer to me. I'm going to need you listening to me. I'm going to need you um, tuned into me and locked in like never before. And I said, okay, God, well, help me understand. And as he began to download this whole thing on enlargement, he, he said that there are some characteristics that my children need to have to really grow to the degree of enlargement that I have for them to grow into through being um, expansion minded and, and being uh, outreach centered and being intense in their presentation. And the first one is that um, uh, the uh, divine enlargement is derived from a limitless source. It's derived from a limitless source. And Matthew 6 and 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And it's so awesome because when we look at that passage of scripture and we look at it from the tense that it's written in, it's written in a present tense. That means seek first, meaning being a constant state of seeking, no matter what it is that you're facing, no matter what project it is you're dealing with, no matter what deadline is put before you, no matter what the challenges is given to you, no matter what the problem is that's been dropped in your lap to solve. Before you take a natural stand, take a minute to Fall on your knees and to pray. As Brother Corey said, first, giving God thanks. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, even in this time, to be a blessing. Now, give me direction because, to Brother Chris's point, give me direction because I have more responsibility now. Help me see God. I want to seek you first. I want to seek your kingdom first and all your righteousness because there's an unlimited supply because that supply is there to give me the strength that I need uh, to your point, uh, Sister Mel, to, 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 to lift Jesus. And, and God, I need to lift him higher in this instant because I'm not strong in this particular posture. I'm not strong in doing it this way, but I know that you're asking and, 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 and mandating that, that you know, God, you be lifted higher here. So Give me the strength. Give me the insight. Give me the wherewithal that I need to do it. And the blessing in doing that is that this passage of scripture is just as relevant and real and filled with potential and promise as it was the day it was written. It wasn't written from a standpoint of, well, you know, in this instance, if you seek him first, everything will be added unto you. This is ongoing. This is just as real today as it was the day it was written. So understanding that and understanding that God is our everlasting source, that's really the foundational key to developing a lifestyle of enlargement through, a, through expansion and, and making a difference in the lives of other people. Because what God is calling us to is so much more than just the growth of our church or a church. This is the growth and enlargement of the church, the ecclesia, 
of God's church, the one that he's coming back for without a spot or a wrinkle. He ain't looking for denominations. He ain't looking for divisions. He's not looking for things that divide us. He's looking for that zeal and that passion and that intensity that unites us because we're striving to do the, we're striving to do as the word says and, and preach and teach Jesus Christ and him crucified. We're not doing this for our own personal glory. We're doing this to give God glory. We're not doing this to bring about dissension in the body. We're doing this to bring about increase in the body. When the body was really doing this thing the way that God wanted it to do it, when the early days of the church, if you go back and look at Acts, the formula was simple. Everybody shared all things. I'm paraphrasing. They had all things common. They went from house to house. They did everything the same. And in doing everything the same, they did everything the same, relying on God, fully relying on God and knowing that is him and through the power of the Holy Spirit that now had been given to them. That the change could take place, that same Holy Spirit is active today, that that same group is still here today. What God desires us to do is, is come to a greater understanding that enlargement is a lifestyle change. And I guess the, the example that God had to give me because when he was telling me all this stuff, I was kind of looking like a deer in headlights and he could see it. He's like, think about the revelation that I gave you last year at the beginning of last year concerning money. And I thought about it and he's like, and think about how it changed your life. And the revelation that God gave me is really nothing new. It, it was new to me. But it's really nothing new. And I found out that both both secularly and spiritually is true that money ultimately is a tool. The value in money is not having a lot of it. The value in money is understanding that it's a tool to be used to to invest and redistribute to gain more goods and services. I believe somebody referenced the, the parable of talents. I believe, Brother Chris, that was you to reference the parable of talents. If you go back and look at the parable of talents, you see that the individuals that, that, that the master was pleased with was the individuals that realized that the talents were not something to be hoarded and held onto for face value. But he was most pleased with the individuals that took them and traded them in the marketplace, understanding that the use of those talents could gain a much greater reward and a much richer harvest. And it brought about expansion and enlargement in the pool of talents that ultimately everybody got. If you look at the parable, the one that had five talents wound up with, with, with 10. I think the one with two talents wound up with four. The one that had one talent and buried it uh, after it got chastised. The master said, take that talent from heaven, give it to the one that has 10 because they know what to do with it. So God is like, what, because you came to the understanding that that money is a tool and it's designed to be used to invest in the way that I give to you, you know, 10 percent, pay me first, pay yourself 10 percent, take the other 80, do what needs to be done, because as you do that, you're never going to be in a position of lack. You're never going to be in a position where you're going to run out and 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 the prove me now in Malachi came to fruition in my life in 2022. And it, it, it's, it's true. And I'm not telling anybody here anything that, that you don't know. What God is saying when he said that to me is now take that revelation and enlarge it to every aspect of what's been given to you. Enlarge it to every gift 
that's been given to you. Enlarge it to encompass every scope of ministry that's been shown to you and that's been entrusted to you and that you share with my people that I have for them. Enlarge it to encompass every region that this ministry has a physical presence in and even enlarge it to encompass the earth because what you're doing is going to be so much bigger than where you are. I'm like, God, that's a lot. That's heavy. He's like, I know it is. But the ask in doing that that I just said is the same ask in the example that I just gave, which was the example that he gave me about the project. Before you try to tackle it with your logos, go back to my word and find the rhema in it. Go back and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Go back and find me in the midst of it. And as you do it, just as I had the answer then, guess what? I got the answer now. And this is the key to us really taking the expansion and the extension and all the activities that God wants us to do to bring about the noun, which is the enlargement. The activity is what brings about the enlargement. The activity is what brings about the increase. Because as I said, we can open up two, three, five, ten locations in two, three, five, ten cities, and within 12 to 24 months be closing two, three, five, ten locations because there's nobody there. But if we're looking at it from the standpoint of doing it God's way and seeking first the kingdom of God, what he's going to do because of our intentionality, because of our passion, our zeal, he's going to use that to light the fire the same in the hearts of other people. And they're going to want to come to know who he is first. And as they come to know who he is, they're going to want to come to know how they can take their gifts and talents and bring them to what it is that we're doing to expand what it is that we're doing to be a greater blessing. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Anybody have any questions or any comments on where, where we are at this point? Okay. Okay. Our prayers is being a blessing to you. Next characteristic um, is fueled by selfless love. And John 3, 16, none of these none of these scriptures are deep in Revelation, but it was deep when I looked at it in relation to what we're talking about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, it says, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So what God did here is he set the standard for what it is that he wanted to do. He set the standard for expansion by making the atmosphere conducive for expansion to happen by making it a loving atmosphere. If, you just, if we just take it and put it in, 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 in natural life, you know, if I ask the question, which atmosphere would you be more drawn to? An atmosphere where people are constantly fighting and at each other's throats and highlighting the things that divide them? Or an atmosphere where in the midst of diversities and even in the midst of shortcomings, people will seek to help their brothers and their sisters work through their shortcomings and everything that's done is done from a place of selfless love. Which atmosphere would you rather be in? Which atmosphere do you think you'd grow in and thrive in? I know for me, it'd be the loving atmosphere. And this is the atmosphere that God desires his ecclesia and his church to sit in the earth today. Please understand, I'm not saying to do so by turning a blind eye and a deaf ear to sin. That is not what I'm saying. Because we still have to stand for righteousness sake. We still have to let our yay be yay. We still have to let our nay be nay. We do. 
But in the process of doing so, we do so by showing, and I said this to somebody today that's just wrestling with a very real issue. I said, loving kindness have I drawn thee. At the end of the day, it's the loving kindness that draws. You can't draw somebody if you're constantly beating them over the head with the wrong that they've done. We've all done wrong. We've all missed it somewhere. We all got cemeteries in our closet. But what we've got to understand is that the thing that God is looking for, he's not looking for the gotcha moments. He's not looking for the gotcha moments. What he's looking for is he's looking for the opportunity to say, I've got you. If you surrender your life to me, I've got you and let me show you how I got you. I love you so much that I sent my son to die so that you might live. And. My desire, God says, is for you, my children, to let the world know that. Let the world know, like the campaign, like the campaign I saw, and I think I talked about a couple of sermons ago, you know, the He Gets Us campaign that, that's running on TV. Let them know I get them. I get that they're not perfect. I get that they're flawed. I get that they're hurt. I get that they're coming to the table with baggage. I get all that. But I still want them to come to the table because I love them just that much. And I love them just love them so much that I made provision so that they could still not only come to the table, but be welcome to sit and dine and fellowship at the table. I made provision for all that. And I didn't do it for accolades. I didn't do it for glory. I didn't do it for thank you. I didn't do it for none of that stuff. I did it because I love you. That's why I did it. And God is saying that's the same approach because that approach is what's going to bring about the enlargement. That approach is what's going to bring about the expansion. Letting people know I'm not doing this for a photo op. I'm not doing this for a pat on the back. I'm not doing this for a check mark seemingly in heaven. I'm not doing this for anything. I'm not here to get anything. I'm here to give. I'm here to give because Jesus gave me the greatest gift he could ever give me. And that's eternal life. He met me in my mess and allowed me in the midst of my mess to receive the message and to make the decision to let him come in and change my life. And that's exactly what he did. And I love you enough to meet you right where you are and work with you however I need to work with you so that he can do the same in your life. Because that's the degree of dedication. That's the degree of, 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 of adoring of other people it takes to really get into the enlargement mode of living spiritually, the enlargement mode of ministry in our living. This is so much more than us just saying, we're going to make sure we do this and I'm going to make sure that we got a newsletter and I'm going to make sure I'm going to get the promos out earlier and I'm going to make sure I do this and make sure I do that. I shouldn't have to make sure that I'm doing these things because they're innate, because I've made a renewed and higher and better commitment to be intentional universally to make made a higher better commitment to lift him up higher everywhere to give god thanks and everything to cheerfully increase my responsibility and be okay with it for everybody because as i'm doing that i'm not only praying for myself i'm praying for each and every one of my brothers and sisters i'm praying for those that are in need i'm praying for those that are on their way i'm praying for those that are that are, that are struggling through it maybe like i am and we're not gonna gripe but we're going to praise God through it because as we praise God through it, God is going to see that this is a love thing. This ain't about selfish. This ain't about what I'm trying to get out of it. This is about me trying to give everybody what God has given to me. 
Does anybody have any questions or comments on anything that's been said so far? Everybody still with me? Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. It's a, it's a supernatural investment that's executed by faith. Now, I know that sounds like a lot, but just hear me out. The, the easiest and best way to, to explain it is by reading 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, the scripture right below it. If, if someone could, could they read that scripture? If not, I can read it. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for the training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let me ask a question. Be honest. How many how many individuals on this line enjoyed uh, being chastised when they was a kid? How many people here enjoyed getting the whoopings when they was a kid? I'm pretty sure the answer is nobody. Let me ask a follow-up question. How many here that didn't enjoy being corrected appreciate it, appreciate now the correction that they got then? I know if, I, if, if, if you all can see my hand raised, my hand is raised. Because while I didn't get it then, while I didn't get it then, catch this. While I didn't get it then, not only do I get it now, but I appreciate it now. Because somebody then, when I was doing the fool, had the foresight and the love for me to correct me. Because they were looking at the long-term value proposition. That long-term added value proposition in it. And I learned that when I was at Comcast. You know, many times people look at the price point and say, oh, that's too high. I'm not spending that money. You have to show them the added value proposition with a number one company, with this, with that, with a third. And when you look at those things in relation to what you're spending now, yeah, it might be this much more. But if you look at the value in relation to long-term, it's so much less. What am I saying? I'm saying when we look at the scripture, I've, I'm guilty of it too. And you know, Lord's like, this scripture is a blessing. I'm like, God, how? Because it's saying that everything that you said is, is breathed out by you scripturally and it's, it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. Nobody wants to do that. God's like, move past those things because ultimately what I'm trying to get you to understand is that correction and that reproof and that teaching is happening. First, understand that it's profitable. And anybody that understands business understands that when you go into business, your desire is to ultimately be what? Profitable. Because when you're profitable, that means you're making something. Understand that all these negative things that you're looking at are positive because they're designed to make you into something. They're a value-added proposition because after the correction and after the reproof and after the rebuke, you can look and see that I'm training you in righteousness so that you'll be complete. You'll be mature. You'll be equipped. For every good work. In other words, you're going to be ready to do the lifting. You'll have gotten the reps in through repentance and hardship and frustration and this and that. To be focused and to be diligent to, to tune out the white noise of the enemy or the black noise and the enemy trying to come in to pull you off your square. You'll tune that out because your frequency will be so set to me and where I am. And this is where God desires us to get to. Because as these scriptures, 
are still being breathed to ultimately correct and rebuke and reproof. And it might seem like, God, you just, do you hate me, God? It's like, absolutely not. It's very much the opposite. I don't hate you because I love you so much. I see those things in you that the enemy's trying to get in you to pervert the good stuff that I put in you. And I need to get that stuff out of you. And I know that it doesn't feel good right now. But if you let me be God in the midst of it and get it out of you, then I can take you and use you to do the enlargement work that I've called you to, because I've called you to something. And I want to equip you for what I've called you to. And I want to prepare you for what I've called you to. And I want to make you steadfast and immovable so that you can always abound in the work that I've called you to. But with where you are right now in the here and now, you're not equipped for what I've called you to. But I can get you there if you let me do the work. And if you're willing to inhale in the spirit as I'm exhaling in the spirit, that's the air for expansion that, 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 that God desires to breathe in us. And that air is constantly filled with correction and it's filled with instruction and it's filled with guidance and it's filled with chastisement, not to tear us down, but to build us up because he's taken us to, to, to a higher level in him. And if you look at it naturally, the higher you go from an altitude, altitude standpoint, the, the, the rarer the air becomes. You got to struggle harder to breathe unless you've been conditioned for it. And what God is doing is he's seeking to spiritually condition us. But we got to trust him enough to make the investment by faith of saying, okay, God, I'm going to do it. If you said it, God, I believe it and that settles it. When do we get started? Because there's nothing, there's no apparatus that I have that's going to make this breathing thing any easier. There's no equipment that I have that's going to make the load any lighter. There's nothing that I can bring to the table that's going to make this any better. But I know God in the midst of the seeming worst that I'm going through is designed to make me better so that I can better lift you up so that I can better uh, uh, share your story so that I can better be used by you to extend the reach of the ministry that you've entrusted to me and that you've made me a part of. This is where God desires us to be. It's so much more than just a uh, just a passing notion. God really wants us to be all in. And he's calling us to be all in. So much so that the the, the, the fundamental, the, the biggest characteristic in in having divine enlargement happen in our lives is that we got to remember that it ultimately starts with us. It starts with you. It starts with each and every one of us. And until we can get to the point of declaring Psalm 119 and 32 in our lives, we're going to be struggling. And I don't say that from a negative standpoint. I say that from the standpoint of contending for our faith, contending to get to the point where we're embracing our faith in full and saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm here now. I'm ready. My will is set. My will is set to run in the way of your commandments, not in the way of my flesh, not in the way of what I want, not in the way it was comfortable, not in the way it was easy, not in the way it was pleasing to me, but I'm going to run in the way of your commandments. When you enlarge my heart, because when you enlarge my heart, I'm going to find that there's going to be more capacity in there. When runners run, they run to the point of being out of breath and feeling like their hearts are going to beat out of their chests. I know because I did it because I ran track five years. They do that to increase the lung capacity because when the lung capacity is increased, 
The struggle that you have in it, one lung capacity is not going to be as big a struggle because your lungs now have a greater capacity. So where you might have been at 90 capacity, 90 percent capacity before because of all the work you put in overextending yourself. Now that 90 percent is, is really 70 percent because there's been an enlargement of your capacity. God is designed to enlarge our capacity to reach those souls, to enlarge our capacity to make a difference in the regions that he's given us, to enlarge our capacity to, to do the work of ministry. But it means that we've got to lay our will aside as far as pleasing our flesh and pick up the resolve to say, God, with tears in my eyes, I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. I'm not going to do this thing to please me. I'm not going to do this thing to please my flesh. I'm not going to do this thing to do what's popular to man. I've got to do what's right for you. Because God has given each of us, you know, a course of a divine enlargement individually. And he's given this church as a body the same. And I shared last night with someone that, you know, um, a sermon that I heard that really rocked me to my core. Not from a fear standpoint, but from a, rever a reverential fear standpoint and a point of prayer. Uh, someone prayed it last year, someone uh, preached it rather last year, and the subject was the danger of year three. And it was uh, preached uh, at an anniversary where the church was entering into its third year of existence. And, and it talked about, you know, the spiritual toddler syndrome. You know, the spiritual toddler syndrome, the spiritual terrible twos that can bleed over into the terrifying threes, you know, and just like in a natural kids act one way when they hit the terrible twos and they're supposed to calm down. But sometimes it bleeds over into the, the terrifying threes. Sometimes that can happen with the church because some prog progress has been made. Some advancement has happened and the eyes taken off the spiritual dynamic of it and put on the natural trappings that have been gotten. And God is saying, I need you and I need my people like never before to be focused on me because this year is going to be a year of tremendous enlargement. But I don't want you to get lost. I don't want you to fall into the traps and the pitfalls of year three. I don't want you to get so caught up in your own will that when the capacity is expanded, you run away from me and start running a whole bunch of different directions. And God is saying that he wants us to say yes to his will and, and no to our flesh. Because as we do that, what he'll do is he'll move us beyond ourselves and, and enlarge our capacity to do his will. Because he's got great things for us to do. He's got so much, so much more in store than, than what I even shared. That he said it's not even time to share it just yet. Let's just work on these things. Because I have so much more. And you're going to get there. But let's master these things first. Anybody have any questions, any comments, anything they'd like to add or share? Okay. Does someone have something? Okay. So if nothing else, my hope and my prayers are offered as the takeaways for the divine enlargement in our lives. For, for us to experience that, we've got to understand that it's derived from the limitless source that is God. It's fueled by the selfless love that God demonstrated through Christ. It really is a supernatural investment that's executed by faith and ultimately it starts with you. 
we've got to make our minds up that these things are things that we're going to do. Um, I'd, I'd be I'd be lying to you if I said they were easy and I'm not going to lie to you. I'd, I'd be lying to you if I said that it won't get hard sometimes because it will. And I'm like, God, that's that. This is a tall order. And I'm not saying I can't do it. I'm saying that I will do it. I'm saying it's a lot to go with and it's a lot to make happen. And what God said to me in closing is, is, is what we open with. He's like, son, I just need you and I need the church that I've entrusted to you. And I need my people to go big. I need y'all to go big before before it's time for y'all to come home. Need to go big before it's time for y'all to come home. Understand that what's taking place is so much bigger than you. It's so much bigger than what I'm what 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 you want to do. It's so much bigger than what you can even see. It's so much bigger than even, you know, eyes have not seen, neither ears have heard. It's so much bigger than all that. And you can do it. And you will do it. As long as you make me God and make me first. Amen. 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 Living Witness Ministries is a church on the move that's dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ through the preached and taught word, community outreach, and practical ministry designed to save souls and change lives. You can sow into the ministry via our cash app at dollar sign LW Ministries 2020. That's dollar sign LW Ministries 2020. Sow your seed in the good ground of Living Witness Ministries today. And thank you for helping us reach the world with the life-giving word. I pray that you were blessed by today's word. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. If you've never taken the opportunity to do either one of those things, won't you join me now in prayer? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you a sinner. I believe that you sent your son to die that I might live. I believe that he lived, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and is coming back for sinners just like me. I confess my sin, I ask you into my heart, and I ask you into my life. Thank you, Lord, that by faith I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like to welcome you into the household of faith and into a loving relationship of salvation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please email me and let me know of your experience or if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, please email me. The email address is livingtowitness at gmail.com. That's living, the number two, witness at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Pastor Derek Thomas encouraging you to live your life as a living witness.